Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of my podcast. So today, I'm going to review Persona 5 Royal. For those of you who have not yet played it or are on the fence about it, this review will help you understand if it's worth it or not. As it stands right now, the game is on sale on PlayStation Network again, which is a good news for everyone involved. We like Persona 5, don't we? Of course we do. So, <laughs> without further ado, let's jump into this review and say why you should own this game or why you should. There's no shouldn't you. <laughs> so, who is Persona 5 Royal really for? Is it for those who have played Persona 5 or for those who haven't played Persona 5? Well, here's the thing. It's good for both sides. If you have never played Persona 5, then Persona 5 Royal will be an absolutely amazing experience. You're just gonna love everything about this. You're just gonna be blown away by the story, by the gameplay, by the art style, by the music. There are so many things to love here. So if you have never played it, definitely go for Royal instead of Persona 5. Especially since it's 120 hours each game. Actually, Royal is longer than that. And that's basically if you don't skip some, not skip, but, but fast forward some dialogue scenes. If you do, you end up with 110 hours, where I stand. So, is the game really worth it? Is the upgrade really worth it? What kind of upgrade is it even? Well, the upgrade is absolutely amazing. Gameplay-wise, Persona 5 Royal has become perfect. Everything about it is just astounding. The amount of changes in the palaces, the addition of grappling hook, the changes in bosses, the addition of wheel seeds. There's so many gameplay changes that I don't know where to even begin. I mean, it's amazing to me. The grappling hook, at first I thought it was just some stupid gimmick. Turns out it's not a gimmick. It's a fun thing to add. Is it useful? Well, at the beginning, it just looks like a gimmick anyway, because there are some parts of a level that you can, you know, grapple onto and go higher. And this is not a bad thing per se, because it's part of the arsenal of thieves anyway, so it makes sense to have it. But most of the time, it was connected to secret places where you could find wheel seeds and stuff what like, what like that. But if you go on and level up your confidants, you will get the ability to ambush using this grappling hook. And when you do use that, not only will you travel a long distance, but you will also inflict some dizziness, confusion, sleeping, anything on those guys because you surprise them with that grappling hook. Pretty cool, right? So, yeah, grappling hook has become one of my favorite additions to this game. Does this mean that this makes the game now perfect? No. There are other things that help make this game perfect. What's that? Well, here we go. Gameplay changes have been numerous. There's so many of them that I can't just list them off right now, but off the top of my mind, the focus on Baton Pass and how it's been upgraded is just amazing. You get now, you get to have now three levels of baton pass, level one, level two, and level three. With level one, you just get more damage. Level two, more damage and HP recovered. 
level 3, also SP recovered. That's pretty cool. And Baton Pass is a huge focus to the point that if you keep doing it and you, I don't know, keep giving on that Baton away and away, if you get it to the fourth person, the last person, no SP will be necessary. Nothing will be necessary, actually. You just do what you want. And it's pretty cool. And the bosses are designed in a way that you need to do the baton passes. So that's amazing. Great job on making this a good focus on the gameplay. I mean, baton passes were something that I never really liked. I mean, I liked them, but it was ne never necessary. I mean, if I had a character and he had a chance to do something again, I'd do it again. I wouldn't pass around the baton because I could do it only one time. And I was like, okay, so here, bro, here. And baton passes were something that was limited to, well, basically um, the confident rank and basically just between two people. So that was kind of sad for me that that was the case, but given the new gameplay, now it's not that. First of all, baton pass is no longer tied to confidence. Second of all, you can just do it with everyone in the party, which is amazing, so good. Next thing that's been kind of a focus is the technical damage. Technical damage is something that I rarely use again in Persona 5. Not because I didn't want to, but because weakness was way better at damage and technical was almost troubling. Because even if you did, the damage wouldn't be that high and sometimes it'll backfire to you. So I wasn't sure what to do, but when I saw how Persona 5 Royal dealt with technicals, then I got more excited because it seemed way better. Way better. And the funny thing, this is actually a cool thing that I noticed, was that you could use books and um, at one point billiard to improve your technical damage up to four different levels, which was amazing. Made more damage, in fact, better damage than weakness at some point. Of course, if you were to utilize your abilities correctly, you could make massive damage. Like, even one simple baton pass to someone who has level 3 and a weakness, you could deal more than 2,000 damage, which I did to one boss. So yeah, pretty awesome, I guess. So this is one of the only things added, and there are other things that were added to gameplay as well. Such thing, for example, was none other than Showtime. Showtime is one of the best additions to this game. It's a sudden thing that just happens. Like, you know, basically, you're just fighting against one of the characters suddenly says, yeah, I'm ready for Showtime. So there's no prerequisite for it. I mean, even characters outside of your current party can make a Showtime if the other one is in. So it's pretty cool, honestly. I mean, I never expected this. Showtimes are absolutely fantastic. I never expected this. They were so fun. They were so fun to watch, to behold. I mean, and they do massive damage. They're actually very, very useful. I love them. They're just absolutely amazing. Good job on them. <laughs> so I love um, Showtimes very much. I think they're amazing. Then, of course, we have some subtle changes, like some shadows have more weaknesses or different weaknesses as they had compared to Persona 5 itself. 
There are so many things to love here. But here's a question. Does it make the game a little bit too easy now? Given how there's different ways to kick their asses? Well, actually makes the game better. I'm not saying that some of these bosses were super hard or things like that. They were repetitive. And that's not a good thing. But here, they're not repetitive. They are just challenge that you have to deal with using your knowledge of baton passes, technical, and weakness at the same time. They're a challenge now. They're not, I don't know, repetitive anymore. One of the particular bosses that I liked, and I thought that, yeah, this is an improvement, was Madurami. Madurami's second phase was just amazing. I loved it. It had huge focus on you knowing the weaknesses, knowing how to use those weaknesses and baton passes so you could get the most out of everything. It was just fantastic how it was made. Madurami's boss got a huge upgrade. Something else I got a huge upgrade. Basically, every boss here got an upgrade. Every boss in this particular video game just had a better and shorter boss fight that was exciting. It wasn't repetitive. It wasn't too long. It became enjoyable. I didn't hate the bosses in Persona 5, but they were too long for my taste sometimes. I mean, the bosses were just too strong and they stuck around for way too long. But this time, you have to think. It's not about brute force. Because that brute force can just come back to your, you know, to your own face, like blow up in your face. This time around, it's all about patience, analyzing, and knowing your next move, what's your best move. You should sometimes think like a chess player. And that's amazing. I love that. I love the fact that they made it so damn enjoyable. One of the palaces actually got a huge upgrade was none other than Okumura's spaceship. Now, every palace in this game got an upgrade. Some palaces didn't change that much, like Kamoshida just added one or two places of that grappling hook, and basically the palace remained the same. Um, Kaneshiro... I think he actually had a little bit of a change in his palace during the beginning, but not that much. Maybe it was because that basically I knew how to deal with the palace now, so maybe that's why I felt he was shorter. But Okumura had a huge difference this time around. There was a particular part that we all hated, and that was the robots. Robots, and you find out who's the real robot. And it was so annoying so long, so annoying, and so many few save points, and basically the robots were boss themselves, they were really hard to kick their ass, it was just too much. Now it's only two of them, and they're easy to beat. Actually, they tell you their weaknesses. <laughs> That's actually pretty fun, thank you for doing that. One of them says, I would beat him with my psychokinesis if I could. So when you see the guy, you're like, yeah, he told me about your weakness. I'm going to kick your ass. Thank you for doing that. Made the game easier for me. Then, of course, the boss fight, which is a bit challenging, actually. It's, it's better than the original. Way better, especially that executive guy with Big Bang Order. But it was a challenge for me. 
I mean, I had to actually go and level up my persona before I could come back because I couldn't do exactly what I wanted. But I was in awe of how amazing it was that it's not about brute force anymore. It's about creativity, about using your powers correctly. So there's so many things to love here. Then, of course, was this thing with Ryuji who you could basically run over shadows and kill them instantly. I, I didn't know that this existed in Persona 5. I saw it sometimes that it happened and they ran away, but I didn't know it was that prevalent. Especially in palaces. If I knew that was a thing I could do in palaces instead of mementos, it would have been way better. But anyways, if you come from Persona 5 to Persona 5 Royal, you're going to have a blast. Everything is familiar to you. Everything is just amazing. You know how to deal with things and you will have so much fun. Everything will be so much fun. For me, it was so much fun that I basically kept leveling up to the point that I was level 95 before the end of the game on my own accord, which was not with the Reaper. Reaper has been patched, which sucks. He's just way too hard to beat now. And I got Lucifer and Satan on my side. Not the real ones, the Persona. So it was really fun doing all of that. There was so much to love in this game. This game improved so much in gameplay. So much. The boss fights are just amazing now. Of course, there's one boss fight that didn't change. Holy Grail and Yaldabaoth, I think. They didn't change. They're still the same, but they didn't need to change anyway. They were always good enough. But comes the main reason why you will be buying Persona 5 Royal. Is it because of the gameplay changes? No. It's because of the third semester and the new characters. Now, Dr. Maruki, Kasumi, Yoshizawa, and Akechi. These are your three confidants that you will have to deal with in the game. Akechi, you get to understand him a little more, and that's just great. You get to raise his confidant to level 8, and you get to understand why he does what he does. And, well, basically, I feel sad for him. And, I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything here, but let me say that he's a really good actor. But at the same time, I feel sorry for him. I really do. I'm happy that I got to know him better in Persona 5 Royal than I got to in Persona 5. It, it was something amazing to behold. With Kasumi Yoshizawa... She's a very lovable character. She's amazing. And she has such a weird, complicated, and sad, super sad, tragic story behind her that it blew me away that they actually dealt with something like that. It took guts to actually do that. And it was handled pretty well. Dr. Maruki, also the same. A very sad past. And it actually opened my eyes on how people can even, you know, do some things in this world. Um, it was just amazing how they handled everything. And Dr. Maruki became one of my favorite characters. Now, when, before third semester hits, you're just gonna, you know, talk to Dr. Maruki, like, uh, until level 5, then you have to wait a little bit until you can get him to level 10. Level 9, actually, before he can automatically get it to 10. 
Akechi, you can get him to eight. Yoshizawa to five. So they're all necessary for the true ending. And it's pretty fun hanging out with them. They are pretty cool characters. They they just been fleshed out amazingly well. But then gets the first semester. The point where it really counts if these characters are worth your time and if this game was worth your time. Royal just does it weird. First semester is basically inconsequential to anything regarding Persona 5 and Persona 5 Scramble. Without spoiling anything, the way first semester goes and the way the game ends after that is the same as you probably expect with Persona 5. Basically, as they said, this is just a part of a story that wasn't told. And yes, it makes sense. <laughs> but the thing is that when Persona 5 came and suddenly we had that huge jump, it made me sad because I thought to myself that there could be another palace here. And that palace is here. You get to play through it. You get to understand how things happen. And it's really cool. It fits in perfectly with Persona 5. And it fits a little bit too perfectly. Because at the end of the day, even if you take out that story, you're not missing anything from Persona 5. You still get the story. You still understand the story. You still get everything you wanted. With Persona 5 Royal, you just understand things a little more. And unfortunately, they don't matter at the end that much. Which sucks. That's my one complaint about this. And don't go on saying that, yeah, people, Koei, Tecmo, making Persona Scramble, didn't know that they were making Royal. They started at the same time. They couldn't have coordinated, but I tell you that, yeah, they could have. I mean, it's impossible for Team Persona not to know that they're making another game that's coming after their own game. Like, the story-wise, it's after their own game. So they probably knew, and they maybe designed the story of Royal in a way that it wouldn't conflict with Scramble. Even if they didn't, and they found it at the last second, still, the ending is in a way that doesn't really interfere with Scramble. Scramble is its own thing. It's actually a continuation of Persona 5, and it's handled well in terms of story, how it connects. So let me tell you that even though Persona 5 Royal's story, the third semester story, is ultimately inconsequential to anything that happens in Persona 5, still the same things happen, I think that it was a good story to begin with. It posed some questions that were even hard for me to answer. Really hard. It posed some ideologies that were interesting. It showed me some story parts that I thought they were amazing to see and deal with. It showed me lots of things. Lots of things I loved. Without any exaggeration, I loved this story. I thought that this story was exceptionally great. And especially the boss fight, honestly. The boss fight at the end was just sublime. The way it was handled, the challenges, everything about it. Even though I played on easy because I just wanted to get through the story and get my platinum as soon as possible... I enjoyed the boss fight very much. I'm sure that at higher levels it would be much more of a challenge to the point that 
you'll probably have to cry. But it was astounding. This game really outdid itself. The boss, the final boss has four phases. And the fourth phase, while still it was an epic battle all the way out, I mean, it was just amazing, especially after the boss and what happens after it. I honestly, I still love the original boss fight's end a little more. I thought that the original end boss of Persona 5 and the way it ended, the way it ended, not the boss fight itself, the way it ended was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. It was epic as hell. Here, with this one, uh, I didn't feel like, you know, it was super amazing, nothing like that. I just felt like, you know, it was good. It was good. The end of that boss was pretty good. Pretty epic as well, but the boss fight trumps the other boss fight. The ending of that boss fight does not trump the originals. Sorry. But still, it's really fun. The story is amazing and living behind the world of Persona 5 again is heartbreaking. But there was some tease at the end which intrigued me. And I actually got to love Phoebe's Den. It wasn't something that I liked at first. I was just like, yeah, it's an addition. They just added so many things. Why not this? But I liked it. I thought that the Phoebe's Den was pretty fun, actually. I mean, especially at the end of the game. I mean, Phoebe's Den is something that becomes fun at the end, not during the game. But, you know, there are many additions to this game. There's a, at one point, you can actually see photos taken in the game in your chat. Like, characters take photos and they send, you to, send them to you in the chat. And it's pretty cool. There are many things to love about Persona 5 Royal. There are many things to love. I just love this game. I just think it's amazing. Regardless of whether that first semester story is inconsequential or not. It's still amazing. But you might be asking, why do you keep saying that? What are you comparing it to? Well, I'm comparing it to Persona 4 Golden. Persona 4 Golden was the first Persona game I played. After that, I got a taste for it and I went to play Persona 3, Persona 5, before Persona 5 Royal came. Golden added a character called Marie. You got to spend time with... uh, What was the name of that? I, I won't say Akechi for some reason. Uh, I forgot the name of the bad guy. Adachi. Sorry. Adachi in Persona 4 Golden. There are many parallels to this game. Many parallels. Without spoiling, there are super parallels to this thing. I mean, so many that I just thought to myself that, well, basically it's Persona 4 Golden, but different way. However, the ending of Golden, in my opinion, trumps ending... A Persona 5 Royal. The true ending of Persona 5 Royal is nothing special. The way it kept saying, true ending, true ending, we won't spoil it for you. I just thought to myself that, you know, it's not that special. It doesn't have anything that makes me think it's special. The concept and ideas in the first semester were really special. 
But this, this ending is nothing special, nothing. It just doesn't add anything. But with Golden, it actually became consequential. You actually got to see Marie being part of that group, uh, you know, talking to her. Uh, you even saw her in the ending. There were so many things that it was cool. You got to see the future of those guys. So many cool things. But in this one, it is really inconsequential, especially since we see Scramble. We see how inconsequential this thing became. I love Persona 5 Royal. The gameplay additions and corrections and the first semester alone makes this game worth your time and money. I don't care if the ending is lackluster, which it really is. You should really accept that. But it's still an amazing experience regardless. So 10 out of 10 from me. I'm sorry I made you think that I'm probably going to give it a lower score, but I can't. The fact that the gameplay became so much better, the fact that they fixed the palaces, the fact that mementos became even better, the fact that everything in this game is just better. It's not a half-assed job at, at adding just one particular story to the game. No, it's, it's a love letter to every Persona fan. It's a way to say thank you for supporting us and here is everything you ever wanted. I don't know how they're going to trump themselves with Persona 6, but I hope they do. I mean, with Persona 3, the score, critical score keeps going higher and higher. I want to see Persona 6 as 100 out of 100. <laughs> it's a really hard thing to do. Maybe it's better to stop here. Maybe not. Thank you guys for joining. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I really hope to see you guys very soon. I will be having, of course, a spoiler talk of Persona 5 Royal so that I can explain a little better why I think it's inconsequential. So join me. Join me uh, in the next episode as well. And uh, we'll discuss everything. Thank you guys for joining me. And I hope to see you guys very soon.